Lent starts today, the fasting and everything starts tomorrow. I think we're all ready for this. And because we're all ready for it, this is not when the devil is going to tempt us. Notice something in the gospel. Jesus was baptized. He came out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended on him. The voice of the Father said, this is my beloved son. That is not when the devil came. The devil does not come when we are strong. He doesn't tempt us when we're ready for him. When does temptation show up? When he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and it says he was hungry. When we are weak, when we're least expecting it, when we can least handle it, at the worst possible time, that's when temptation comes. So don't like expect anything other than that. Don't complain when you're already having a bad day and then something else happens on top of it. That's just the way nature's built. Okay. Why? Well, I think one of the reasons why God allows temptation, why the devil exists, is because God wants us not just to be sort of comfortable and self-satisfied. He wants us to become strong. And we become strong by exercise. And he wants us to exercise not just the muscles that are already strong, but the weak ones as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's in our weak moments that temptation comes, because it gives us an opportunity to exercise them. But, another thing I want to say about temptation broadly, and I'm going to go into each one of them in particular, because I think there's a lot to learn in the gospel today. Temptation comes when we're weak. All temptation comes when we're weak. And all temptation can sort of be justified. You can make excuses for it. If not, it would just be like, the devil's never going to appear to you and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something. It's going to make you unhappy, and it's going to turn you away from God. What do you say? You'll never see that. Temptation has a sort of veneer of something that kind of makes sense at the time. It's sort of desirable. And so what it is to resist temptation, broadly speaking, is to see through the tricks that the devil places before us, even in our weakest moments. That's what all temptation is about. However, I think a really important lesson that's given in our gospel today is there are different kinds of temptation. And because there are different types of temptation, there are different ways to avoid it. There are different ways to fight against it. Not all temptations are defeated in the same way. And that's a really important lesson in the gospel today and to have in our minds as we enter Lent. One of the temptations, the first one, is turn these stones into bread. Okay? He's hungry. Bodily appetites. How do you resist the temptation to go against nature, turn a stone into bread, to do some unnatural thing in order to satisfy some bodily craving. It could be food, it could be all kinds of other things. How does Jesus face the tempter? Because he's our example. Let me, let me give you examples of what maybe isn't the best thing to do. In our minds. Let's say we've got some bodily temptation, we have hunger, whatever. Jesus doesn't say, no, that's wrong, I can't think about that. He doesn't push against it in that way. He does that later. 
a sort of a violent reaction. The way Jesus deals with bodily appetites, look at how he answers. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Bread alone. How does Jesus in his mind deal with bodily temptation? He sees that there's more to the world. It's not just about that. And if I give in to that, I'm going to lose better things. The way Jesus mentally responds to bodily temptation is by expanding his mind, not by retracting, not by pushing away. It's not a negative thing he does. It's a positive thing. He sees a larger picture. It's not just about lust. It's about family and love. And family and love are bigger, greater things that you lose when you give in to lust. That you hurt. Friendship is something that you hurt when you give in to grief. Health is something that you lose when you give in to gluttony. And so seeing the bigger picture, you know, there's something more here. That's the way that Jesus faces this first temptation. What's the second temptation about? He took him to the pinnacle of the temple. He said, throw yourself down if you are the son of God. Because it is written, he will give his angels charge of you and they'll carry you. What's the temptation about? Well, it's the temptation to irresponsibility. To saying, okay, well, God's going to take care of everything. I can just do whatever I want. I don't have to think. I don't have to be prudent. I don't have to make wise decisions. That's a temptation. How is it justified? Well, Satan justifies this by saying you should trust God. Yeah, but trusting God doesn't mean being dumb. How does Jesus answer this? He says, it is written, quotes the Bible a second time, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. This is interesting because Jesus understands and he shows us that responding to the temptation to being irresponsible requires a little bit of fear. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Not fear of something in the world. Fear of God. Don't take advantage of God. Don't make him do your work for you. And God gave you a brain to use. And when he gave you a brain to use, he already gave you that gift. You already have the solution to the problem. Figure it out. And use the brain that he gave you. Don't just sit around and expect him to do everything for you. And the way he faces that temptation, again, do not tempt the Lord your God. God is something, is someone not to be taken advantage of, but on some level to be respected and feared. Then, probably the most powerful temptation. Satan takes him to the top of a mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. All the power in the world, but it's not just about power. Think about how this would have been tempting even for Jesus. You, you came to be king of the world, to bring peace. You came to bring the nations together. Here they are. This is the best shortcut in the world. You could bring everything great into the world. Become their king. All you have to do is this one stupid thing just for one second. What's the temptation? The temptation is the ends justify the means. The temptation is if you want to do a good thing, you're allowed to do some bad things on the way there. That's a temptation from Satan. 
You don't get to do bad things in order to accomplish a good thing. Even the greatest thing, which would be to bring all the world under the kingship of Christ. You don't get to sin in order to bring that about. There, Jesus reacts with violence. Be gone, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. It's sort of the reverse of the first temptation. The first temptation, every word that comes from the mouth of God. The last one, no, God alone. Nothing else. It's constricting. And it doesn't matter what the reward is, what the good for others would be. None of that matters. God alone is to be worshipped. And if for a split second you have to worship something other than God, even to win the entire world, you've lost. Now there's one other thing that all of these temptations and their resisting them have in common. None of them can be resisted by our power alone. We cannot do this by ourselves. Every single response of Jesus to, to the devil names God and has to do with God. Lent is not simply exercise. It's not just let me work on my self-control, let me work on how strong my willpower is. Lent is about understanding how weak we are at every moment, so that at every moment we turn to God for help. And we turn to God, and when we resist temptation, and at those moments say a little prayer, asking for strength, God will be with us because he became flesh and felt all the feelings that we feel and was tempted as we, feel, as we, were, we are tempted, and yet resisted the devil. Amen.